Are we doing this? Really? Wait for it. Are we doing this? Wait for it. Ow! What the fuck? WTF. And it's also, eh, what the fuck? What's wrong with me? It's time for WTF. What the fuck? With Mark Marin. Okay, let's do this. How are you, what the fuckers? What the fuck, buddies? What the fucking ears? What the fuck, Nicks? Let's go through the list. It is the hundredth episode of WTF with Mark Marin. I am Mark Marin. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do at least a dozen of them. What the fucksters? What the fuck executioners I got recently? What the fuckinistas? What the fuck faces? What the fuckaroos? What the fuck ups? What the fuckists? What the fucking nist? Nists? Nists? What the fuck tards? Obviously, we're not going to do that. What the fucks? Got that one. Just what the fucks? Uh, and, and the list goes on and they keep coming in. And I appreciate it. Happy 100th anniversary show. Hold on a minute. Because there's some people I need to thank. Uh, I, I need to thank. Yeah, you got it. Pow! Oh, I just shit my pants. For reals. For real. So, look. That's JustCoffee.coop, who's been with me since back in the day. I'd like to say back in the day, since back in the break room live days when I was doing a, a marginally popular internet TV show that didn't really take off. Well, that's where the seeds of WTF really started. Uh, I don't know if, if many of you know the history of this show or, or, or whether you care, frankly. By the way, I had a, a root canal yesterday, and as much as everybody says that they should be painless, I am in pain today. And there was something I realized during the root canal. A couple of things. Don't look at the equipment. Don't look at the equipment. When the doc leaves, when he leaves the room, don't sit there and look at the little files. Don't understand what they're doing. I think that made it more painful. Here's a couple of things you don't want to hear anyone say during a root canal. <clears throat> uh, we, we're only going to use a little bit of, uh, of Novocaine. We're only going to numb it a little bit. You don't need that much. The tooth is half dead. And I'm thinking, well, let's cover our bases. What do you say? How about we, we don't open the opportunity up at all for me to experience any pain whatsoever? Isn't that the world we live in now? Can't you make it completely painless? Why do we got to uh, hedge our bets here? Just give me the full dose and, and let's do it that way. I'm willing to take that. No, we don't need the full amount. Okay, fine. So now I've got to be apprehensive. I've got to be prepared to feel some horrendous pain that might surprise me in the middle of your drilling process. But do you know what they do during a root canal? Is this really the right topic of conversation for our 100th episode? I think it is. I think it is because I'm going to come around to something that I thought was an important point while I was getting my teeth drilled and filed. I had a big old cavity in there, big old filling in my tooth. And I've had extreme pain the last couple of weeks that I, of course, thought was jaw cancer. And I was going to have to have half my face removed because you've been through it with me. You've been through the snooze. You've been through the fear. Who the hell knows? People get that shit. I might even still have it, but that's not the issue. So I got a pain in my mouth that's going on for two weeks, and I'm sure going to have to have most of my head removed. So I go to the dentist who was referred to me by Blaine Kapach, who's a comedian. This guy got referred to by two people. And I didn't know what a root canal was. And I talked about it on this show. And I assumed I was going to have to get one. I didn't even know what it was. What it, what it is, is that the tooth dies. Apparently you get, like when you have a big cavity, the nerves start to die and stuff starts to eat your nerve. Bacteria, I don't know where that comes from. I don't know the whole science of it. But what they got to do is they got to drill up past the filling, past take it out, open up the tooth on the inside, and then look for your root canals, which is where the nerves go, and then take very small files and open up those canals and, and drill them out, basically, with a curvy, bendy titanium drill and a series of files up into your brain, into your skull. 
Oh my God. So it, it didn't hurt yesterday, but it hurts today. But here's what was interesting to me is while I'm looking at, you know, they're, they're, you know, he sticks some files up into these holes and then they take another x-ray with the files in the holes. I can't close my mouth. Then you see the x-ray of these files that are metal, you know, going up into your brain. All right. They don't go into your brain, but you know, up into your jaw. It's fucking awful. But while this is going on, while he's sitting there filing up into my skull with little files, it's the small talk. So how do you know Blaine? Yeah, he's a good guy. Oh, you're you're in comedy. I didn't realize Blaine was a comic as well. You're a comic, yeah. You know Patton Oswalt. Oh, great. Now we're gonna bring up people I'm jealous of. All right, that's great. Small talk during root canal. Yeah, so uh, I can tell you some stories. You know, I, I've worked on a lot of people that you might know. I'm like, I don't want to play this game. But isn't it great that I'm talking to you and uh, you're not thinking about it anymore? I can hear it. I can hear it in my head. But yeah, it doesn't hurt, right? I, I'm like, right, right, right. So then you start going, well, what are you doing? Why do we got to do this? Well, bacteria, uh, you know, you got to get out there and then we're going to rinse it out with some peroxide. Small talk during root canal. And I realize that is a fine metaphor for almost all entertainment at this juncture in history. That's all we're doing. That's all any of us are doing. Small talk during root canal. The root canal may be painless because of drugs that are available, but you know what's going on. You know that you are being fucked in your head. Your head is being fucked with by little files that going up into your brain where nerves once were. If you really think about it, it's horrendous, even if you don't feel the pain, but you're going to feel the pain tomorrow. But everybody, I think, on some level is going through their version of either painful or painless root canal on a day-to-day basis. And my job, folks, I've decided, is small talk during root canal. As a metaphor on our 100th episode, how did this start? I am a comedian, and whether you think I'm a popular comedian or not, I'm relatively popular, sort of a marginal talent. Some of you may think I'm, I'm bitter or over it or, or that uh, you know I, I didn't quite get to where I needed to go, but some of you, think my, you might think that I'm exactly where I need to be. Whatever the case, in 2004, I took a job at Air America Radio, having never done radio. And uh, just stepped into the in, into the deep end. I, I all I know is I wanted to help get George Bush out of office. I wanted to do whatever I could to try to fight that coup. And I got involved with Air America. I'd never done radio before, and I got to Air America, and I was out of my mind. I had no idea what I was talking about. I had to learn about a lot of politics. I had to rely on people to to learn how to do radio. I was completely out of my mind. I had no clue. And Brendan McDonald was there. From day one, Brendan McDonald was at Air America saying, holy shit, who the fuck is this guy? How are we going to manage this insanity? And he did. So for about 18 months, Brendan McDonald produced me on Air America Radio, and then we got another job. I was fired. He wasn't fired, but I was fired that first time from Air America, and then I got hired again in L.A., and Brendan came out and did my show out here. He produced, Brendan McDonald produced a Mark Maron show here, and then I got fired again. So then, I, you know, in desperation... When I was broke, I uh, had to go back to Air America. I had to go back to Air America because I was in the middle of a divorce. I was penniless, and somebody had said that they got a new guy with money there. You want to come pitch something? Let's pitch an internet TV show. So we did that. We pitched that, and it got me out of the hole. I was able to hold on to my house. I worked with Brendan again. Three people watched the show, and then we were back at Air America for a year, and then we got fired again. But the catch to it this time was they didn't take our security pass cards. 
They didn't really throw us out of the building either. That they, they wanted us out, but we had our pass cards. We still had our office for a certain amount of time. I think through the end of a contract, we had like two months on this contract. So Brendan and I decided we were going to do a podcast, and we started breaking into the studios after hours, having people up there and recording the first, I guess, six or eight WTFs. Having guests come up the freight elevator, sneaking people in, having the late night jam sessions, and that is how WTF started. Now, obviously, the original idea was to really make it more about what the fuck and what the fuck moments. So I'm going to read some of those today, too. And then it just became about where I stand and where my brain is, and I thought it, you know, it kept within that theme. There was no reason to minimize, you know, minimize it into segments that were what the fuck oriented. It's all what the fuck. That's what I do. My life is what the fuck. So that is the short history. Now here we are in our 100th episode, and the journey we've taken is mind-blowing. I feel like a slightly better person. I feel a little more well-adjusted. I feel a little more capable of conversation. And I feel like I've depleted just about everything in my fucking brain to entertain you guys. That my small talk during this particular root canal is getting a little tedious. So I'm going to have to get out of my head. That's the project for the next uh, 100 or so WTFs is to, to look out into the world a little more as opposed to look into my own fucking brain. So I also want to thank you what the fuckers for sending me shit. Man, I get like when I go to shows, I get baked goods, I get cupcakes, I get banana bread, I get pies. I get, you know, I get all kinds of things. Some guy came up to me in Atlanta and gave me this weird array of uh, DVDs and CDs. He gave me Miller's Crossing and the Lenny Bruce performance film. Uh, I get pillowcases with uh, cowgirls on them. I get T-shirts. I get shower magnets that say meat rules. I get comic books. I get hats with eyes on them. I got a red Janine Garofalo T-shirt. I get DVDs of all kinds. I get cassettes, mixtape cassettes with original art on them. I get nerd cock paintings of actual cocks. I get weird graphic design pieces. I get T-shirt ideas. And God, I fucking love it. I love the barter of it. If you can't afford to donate money to the show, then please send me things. I hang them up. I enjoy them. I like getting things in the mail. And I might as well throw a plug in here because this is, you know, listener supported. We are listener supported. We are doing, we're doing okay. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to make it for pay. I want you guys to have it. I appreciate everybody who's donating, but uh, we could sure use some more people getting on board with the monthly donations. I'll send you a t-shirt. I got books too. I got a few books. If you want a book instead of some of the other swag, but if you can afford that, uh, you know, kick a little bread our way because I am doing this for a living. You know, I am. This is where I'm at. WTF and stand up. You know, I get a lot of email from you guys and gals. You what the fuckers, what the fuck buddies, what the fuck nicks, whatever you want to call yourselves. I do get a lot of email. Some of them are what the fuck stories, which I'll address. I will address because I got an email from this girl, Kate. Mark, my name is Kate. I'm in eighth grade and I have been listening to your podcast from the beginning. I have filled many hours driving cross country and on the bus with your show. Is Kate a runaway? I am in geometry. I would consider myself smart and admire the fact that you have attracted the whole scale of people. What the fuck is the best podcast out there? But first, I would like to bring up a problem. As everyone knows, the name of the show is What the Fuck, WTF. I was listening to the first one again and saw how much it has changed. You have not given many, if any, What the Fuck moments. I really miss those. May even ask your guests for their WTF moments. Also, all your guests are awesome. I really enjoyed all you had to say about Carlos Mencia. They're a really great part of the show. This being said, I think you should have a show... You should have a show to yourself and the guest being you. 
You can talk about a whole bunch of random stuff or ask for questions from your fans and interview yourself. Love the podcast. Totally awesome. That's from 8th grader Kate, who I think may be a runaway because she spends a lot of time on the bus or driving. Or perhaps she just stole a car and she's in the cross-country thing. But yeah, Kate is right. I do need to read some stuff, so I'm going to read some stuff now. This is the opportunity. This is sort of a long one, but I thought it made a good case and it was very well written and executed. As you know, if you listen to this show, I presented the new paradigm shift, uh, the nerdcock idea, the nerdcock paradigm, as the shift from the controlling powers of culture are now nerds as opposed to jocks or rock people. Like I, My progression is sort of jock cock, rock cock, and now we have nerd cock, which is a little different. It's a little more, I, I don't know, I, it's disturbing. It's a little twitchy, jerkier. But nonetheless, it is the new paradigm. Don't give up on the nerd cock. Mark, a revolution has to warm to a boil. I tell you this as a non-female, non-gay owner of your oral tract turned product Reference episode 91 UCB. I wear the nerd cock with pride. Although my wife makes me cover it up with, our, with duct tape when I'm around the children. So as not to sully the quickly imprintable minds of our progeny. But who the hell am I kidding? They came from our loins and were genetically predetermined to appreciate the wry sagacity of the nerd cock. However, I acquiesce out of a practical self-preservation to avoid the uncomfortable moment of having to explain to my son's third-grade teacher why his weekly creative writing subject was Nerdcock, the reason why. But to continue, by real-world application of your premise, and by that I mean actually wearing the unedited version in a public space, I've come to find that the shirt is, as Brecht has said, not a mirror of reality, but a hammer with which to shape it. That's in quotes. I have found that wearing the shirt, unlike so many other belogoed creations, is not just a bumper sticker, a passive proclamation of my twisted left leanings, but an action which shapes my day as I move through it. It is a colorful tool, allowing me to create little WTF moments wherever I go. It gives me no little pleasure to travel carefully adorned with it and catch the eye and expression of my fellow men and women as they are introduced to your vision. Like this little old lady sitting across next to me on the train, quietly collected and organized with her list of to-dos as she realizes the import of my message and the blood rushes to her face with so many unexpected and foreign or deeply submerged and naughty thoughts. Or the group of teenagers downtown who delight in their discovery of yet another way to shove the middle finger in the face of those old bastards who have forgotten everything important in life but also a little confused and pleasantly surprised to find that one of them is wearing it. Or the young family of four whose father, realizing the poisoning iniquity sitting across from him on the bus, carefully and purposefully attempts to inch himself into the line of sight so that he can practically preserve himself from having to explain to his young son what a nerdcock is and does. And my brother-in-law, who so quick-wittedly responded, Quote, is that a statement or a request for service? Looks a little too close to need cock, unquote. So I urge you, don't despair and do not falter. Please continue to warm the fire of that wicked little revolution because I think we all need to step down from our own self-assurances and have a WTF moment once in a while. It keeps us humble and human. And as Aristotle said, quote, the gods are fond of a joke and man, this tea does not disappoint. 
Godspeed and good luck. Your humble servant in what the fucknitude. Patrick. Peace. A nerdcock missionary, my friends. A nerdcock missionary. Hey, Mom. Hi. What's going on? Hi, Mark. Yeah. I didn't know who it was. It sounds so strange. I'm good. How are you? What's happening? Nothing. You didn't go around and get married or anything, right? No, I didn't get married. <laughs> Why would I do that? I don't know, Mark. I've been listening to you. I heard your latest today. Oh, you did? Yeah. So you were concerned that I might go get married? No, you didn't even talk about her as far as, uh, no. We'll see what happens. Please don't get married. We can't afford it. Okay. So did your cousin Debbie come see you in Atlanta? I have no idea if she was there. I I imagine she would have said something if she was there. I didn't see her. I would imagine she would have, too. She has quite a mouthpiece, although sometimes she feels kind of if if you're surrounded by your public, I think she backs away. Oh, she would have said hi. She said hi last time she was yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. So we got our 100th episode coming up. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. I, I'm very proud of you, Mark. Thank you. You've gone, I mean, even John said it the other day. He says, whatever, you know, you seem to be able to just put another, you know, go another road. If this road doesn't work out, you find another road. Yeah. And it's true. I'm real proud of you. Thank you. Do you what if I, you think... Uh, there's not gonna, I'm not going to run out of road, am I? Are you going to run out? Well, uh, you know what, Mark? If you do, you'll find another one. Okay. I don't think you're running out of this road so fast. In fact, you know, Lisa just got back from her camp, you know, in Maine. Uh-huh. She said, three of the counselors there were so into the podcast. When they heard you, she was your cousin. They got so excited. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So it made her feel, you know, oh, my God, my my cousin Mark. He's actually he, doing something that people recognize. Even in Maine, in the in the woods of Maine. No kidding. Yep. Well, that's exciting. How's your love life? It's uh, it's good. I, you know, I was, I've been seeing this girl, and it's a little crazy to me. Did she pick you up? What does that mean? In the 1970s style? Yeah, well, it doesn't matter what style. I mean, she saw you and decided that she was going to date you. <laughs> yeah, that's, that is how it worked. Yeah. All right. Is that is that a I don't know is that how it happens? I don't is that normal? I guess that's what it happens. It seems like that's how you find they get to you. Did you graduate high school yet? <laughs> yes. What does she do? She's 27. Okay, and what does she do? She uh, she studied psychology. So she's applying for her... Uh, she wants to get her graduate uh, degree in psychology. And she's down here. She's going to try to get work as a substitute teacher. She used to work with kids, uh, you know, disturbed kids. Mm. So I think that's fine training for me. I think so. I think it's about as good as I can get. Probably. All right. Just a little older would do. So who's on your hun- hun- who's on your hundredth episode? 
Uh, it's just going to be listeners and, uh, and um, you know, maybe uh, read some emails, contact some uh, listeners, okay. uh, you know, talk to you. You're going to call me? I'm calling you right now. Oh, you mean I'm on now? Yeah, surprise. Oh, no, Mark. So far, well, so far I've said only good things. I think, you know, I want to tell you something. <laughs> no, whether I'm on or not. I knew something was wrong when I heard the lilt in your voice. The what? The lilt. The lilt in my voice. Yes. Oh. It was so refreshing. <laughs> That's why I asked if you ran off and got married. Because I sounded happy? Yes. Oh, no. <laughs> I was just being professional. Oh, my God. I will next time. Please call me and let's pretend. Okay. All right. I will. Is your father going to be on, too? Yeah, but I don't think he's ever listened to it. Yes, he must have. I don't think he has any idea how to listen to it. I, I'm willing to bet you that he hasn't listened to it. Well, I listen to, love it. Okay, well, that's good. So I'm going to bet you, and then I'll call him, and I'll, and I'll, I'll, I'll talk to him, and I'll say, uh, so we're doing our 100th podcast. Are you enjoying them? And he'll be like, ah, you know, I, don't, I couldn't figure out how to get it. How do you get it? I bet you. I bet you. Oh, God. Well, uh, when is it on? I'll, I'll check. I'll find out. I love you, Mom. I love you, baby. Bye. Bye. Hey, Dad. Yeah, how you doing, man? Good. Where are you? I'm in. We're heading up towards uh, Trinidad or Calistoga. How's it going? Doing good. Everything's great in my life. How's yours? Good, man. Been traveling a lot. That's good. Well, you deserve it. I mean, just take everything, uh, take every opportunity you can, and just uh, capitalize on it, because that's how you're gonna work into your 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 grand. Uh, finale of your life the grand finale am i in the grand finale yet does music start or how do i know when (laughs) when that's happening are you in the grand finale i am i am in the grand finale fortunately my health is uh so reasonably okay i'm working my ass off i love it so i have a good time this we're doing our hundredth episode of the uh, podcast you are yeah of the bypass of the podcast the podcast You know, oh, the broadcast. Yeah. Oh, the podcast. The podcast or the the uh, the one in New York. No, uh, no, no. The the podcast. Yeah, the one I do uh, at home. Have you listened to oh, any I, of those? Have you listened to any of those? I I really haven't been able to do that. Yeah. I haven't had the time to do it. Right. But uh, unless, unless it's going good, yeah. You know, when I you know when I see you sometime, I'll uh, you know you can carry me through a couple. I just want to hear what you were thinking when you said it. Sure. I sure. just you know just so much. I, I'm busy as shit. Mark. Sure. I'm humble. Unbelievable. What are you doing exactly? Are you in the car? No, no, no. I'm just. We're just. Uh, we're going to walk around Calistoga, and we're heading up to uh, Trinidad. All right, for the bar mitzvah. I, I just, I couldn't pull it off. I'm too busy. I, you know, tell them I send my love to everybody, and and I'm sure that won't matter. Uh, I'm just. Uh, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll do that. Yeah, be careful and uh, enjoy your life. Talk soon. Okay, babe. Bye. Bye. Yeah, I can hear you. All right, so here's what's going on. I uh, in the studio I have Jessica Sanchez, who, because it's a hundredth episode, and because we are dating, is that what you call it? Yes. All right, and the fact is, you were a fan. Now we're trying not to use the word stalker, right? Yeah. 
but you were a fan of the podcast so i wanted to talk to you as a woman about my podcast okay well i mean i was a fan of the, the podcast before i met you and we did not meet in a podcast related situation okay that's fine but we we but you emailed me before i met you yes and then you emailed me again after i met you yes and, and you email me back like 10 minutes later. Okay, I understand. But as a fan, as a woman, what what is it about my podcast that is appealing? Outside of your feelings about me. Yeah, I mean, you're just a person listening to the podcast. Well, you're somewhat similar to a woman. I guess in a lot of the other podcasts I've listened to, um, they're usually male-fronted. Uh. Um, they talk about, you know, boobs and shit and yeah. that type of stuff. Not that you don't, but you've got a lot of other words in there with the boobs and the shit. And so, so I enjoy that. And so that is just you. You like the way I hide the words boobs and shit with smarter talk. Yes. You know, you're not sitting here talking about construction and and big tits. That's and that's what I you know, I I don't relate to construction and big tits. I don't either. I don't I can't even imagine why that conversation would happen. Here? No, I mean in general. I mean I don't I don't talk about tits. No, I know, and I'm saying that's why I like you because a lot of other podcasts. Um, but am I a girly in the way that I my brain works? Maybe you're girly in the way that you express it. That you express that your brain works. Oh, and that's a chick thing. Well, it's not a chick thing. It should be. It's something that's been deemed to be a chick thing, but it should be an every person thing. Every every, every person has thoughts. Every person has feelings. Right. And but, I think the way the reason your podcast connects so much with other people is because you say those thoughts, you say those feelings, and other right. people have those same thoughts and feelings. Okay, yeah. Well, I'm I'm sorry if I um if I uh, didn't allow you to have your feelings earlier. <laughs> I don't know what that means. Well, remember when you got mad at me? You said you're I'm having these feelings, and there's nothing you know I'm, I can't stop them. Yeah. I'm sorry about that. Okay, apology accepted. Sorry for yelling at you too. Yeah, I'm sorry for yelling at you. I like when you yell though. When it, when you get to that point, though, I good. know you do. I know you do. Okay, so uh, we good? Yeah, we're good. All right. So now, well, now I, at least I know how you were coming at me as a fan, and now we, you know me as differently. Different now, you know me better. I know you differently. Okay. Thanks, Jessica. Bye. Okay, now let's uh, let's talk to some of you guys. I got this email. Listen to this. Subject line: Relationship problems. No matter how much of the fault is on your parents, blaming it on them will not help. When you give all the blame, especially in adulthood, to one entity, you also give them all the power to control it. With your attitude, you let only your parents have the power to change you. Take more of the responsibility of your own relationship problems and forget about your parents who beget it all. Only then will you be able to help yourself accept a woman that appreciates you and one that you will appreciate. Sincerely, Ray, 15. P.S. Good luck. Ray, 15. Are you going to tell me a fucking 15-year-old kid wrote this? Seriously, I'm calling this kid. I'm fucking calling him.
Hello. Ray. Yes. Mark Marin. How you doing, Mark Marin? What's up, buddy? Nothing, just reading some summer books. Yeah, really? What like what books are you reading? Gotta read Pride and Prejudice. You're a pretty deep kid. You really fifteen years old? Yeah. So you sent me this email. Do you remember sending it to me? Yeah, I remember. So where do you get off knowing all this stuff about uh, relationships? How, how does that happen? Well, I just take in a lot of things around me and come up with my own stuff. Really? So, all right, so, so now you know a lot about me, right? Yeah, I've been hearing since your first show. And where do you live, man? I live in San Antonio, Texas. All right, so, okay, so I've been dating this girl for a while. Yeah. And, uh... It's getting a little irritating, you know, like I can't like it's like, you know, she lo she loves me a lot and, you know, I have feelings for her, but how, how it's getting irritating. And, and, you know, I'm reading your email about my my parents and everything. And my mother is very irritating as well. So so what do I got to do to make this work out? Well, first thing I would say is look at the things in your relationship with this woman that is really important to you. Yeah. What are the things that you really want right. that if you didn't have her that you would be missing very much Yeah. and then look at the things that she aggravates you because she obviously is going to everyone in this world can aggravate you and, just I mean, me or everybody no everyone like because we're not we're all different people right and you just see if you can make compromises that you would rather have the stuff that she gives you that you love and what you want to give to her that she loves over the things that aggravate you so it's a negotiation. Like I got to say, like, all right, well, this this is really aggravating and makes me want to throw her out of the car. But this is kind of nice, so maybe I'll keep her in the car. Yeah, I mean, it, it really it's come down to that. But either way, I shouldn't throw her out of the car. No, no, you should do it differently than that. No, of course. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I wouldn't do that. And you know, I don't want to sound that, that aggressive. I, you know, she's all right. <laughs> I bought her a present. You know, once you start buying them presents, you know, it's all it, you know, the gas is the die is cast. If you yeah. buy, I found that recently that if you're going to buy a present, especially if you buy a thoughtful present, uh, that's it. It's you know you might as well be getting married. <laughs> Do you got a girlfriend or anything? No. No. You just theorize about this stuff. You just sit at home reading Pride and Prejudice, theorizing about healthy relationships. No, I don't really make myself think about it. It just happened when I was listening to your show. Oh well, that's good. So has my show helped you out at all? Yeah, it really does. Like. I'm connecting with some of the things you say, and it, it really did help. I actually wouldn't have been listening to your show unless I got sick one day and was searching on iTunes. And you just saw it? Yeah. What What was the matter with you? You just were sick? Yeah, I just had a flu. Oh. What's it like being 15? I, it's been a long time, man. Yeah, it's at school. You know, some things are good, some things are bad. All the BS in high school. Yeah, it's kind of annoying. What do you like doing? Like, what kind of guy? What kind of guy are you at school? Oh yeah, um, I'm the guy who doesn't have any group, but I go and talk to everyone around everyone, and I uh, play baseball too. You're the guy who's able to move freely through all uh, clans. Yeah, that was me too, man. Yeah, I like it that way. I yeah, I want to isolate myself something on just one thing. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a good way to be, you know, uh, and, well, I don't know, maybe it is. I mean, if, if whatever I am is uh, is somehow appealing, uh, then maybe. 
<laughs> Maybe you should do it yeah. a, a little differently than me, Ray. Yeah, it's it's a good way to be sometimes, but you know, sometimes you need that person that's always going to be there for you. Oh yeah, do you have one of those? Yeah, sometimes. Yeah, so that doesn't sound. That sounds. Uh, no logic doesn't work out, does it? Yeah, sometimes you got to have that one little click that you're always with. Right, it's only a couple of, a couple of dudes, right? Yeah. Yeah, the ones you trust. Yeah, it's pretty hard to find in high school. Yeah, because, you know, you just never know who's going to change on you. You know, one year you're best friends, the next year it's like you don't even know the guy. I know. Did that it happen? Just, yeah, it's happened. All right, man. Even with girls, too. Oh, yeah. But, I, but you're lucky, though, you know, because, you know, you can legally make out with high school girls. <laughs> yeah. So you play baseball, you're on the team? Yeah. Well, that's good. You're a smart guy and you play baseball. Fuck, that, you got it made, man. <laughs> thanks. Well, thank you for your help, Ray, and thanks for listening to the show. Yeah, thanks. Love your show. All right, here's another email from a listener. Hey, Mark, I just listened to your Mike Birbiglia episode. Glad you had him on. He cracks me up, and I'm sure that you've gotten a thousand of these since you said it. But I'm a Chinese-American, and I think you're hilarious because I'm pretty neurotic and self-aware myself. Is it bragging to call myself self-aware? I never really knew about the alt comedy or whatever you, you'd call it until I listened to your podcast, but now I'm hooked. Thanks. Somehow your conversations make me feel good and bad about myself at the same time. Uh, best, Albert. Well, I, 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 I want to call this guy because maybe he can help me out. I'm, as you know, I'm a little intimidated by Asians, and I hate to generalize, but I am to generalize racially or I think in other terms, in other words, be racist. But maybe he can help me out with that and also maybe uh, explain a little bit about what this uh, good and bad at the same time thing is. Because I certainly know that. It wouldn't be a surprise to me if someone else felt that as well. So let's, uh, let's give Albert a call. Hello? Albert. Hey. Mark Marin. Hey, how's it going? Where are good. you? Where, where are you located? Um, I'm in, uh, I'm in Berkeley. Next oh, Francisco. I know Berkeley. Yeah. yeah. Did you grow up there? Are you going to school there? Or what? No, I just graduated. I graduated in May. Really? With what kind of degree? Um, I studied linguistics and Japanese. Japanese, but you're you're uh, you're not Japanese. No, no, I'm Chinese. You're Chinese, like your parents are from China. Chinese. Mm hmm. They're uh, like I was the first. Uh, well, I was the first of my uh, of my immediate family. So you here. you speak Chinese? That's amazing. And you speak Japanese as well? Yeah. Yeah, I was kind of a I was kind of a uh, language nerd. So I studied a bunch of random languages for yeah. no reason. I have no knack for it. I I actually had to take a test that proved that I was incapable of uh learning a language so I wouldn't have to worry about it. Isn't that cowardly? They they had a test for that? Yeah, when I was in high school, you had a language deficiency or no, college. I was they had a language deficiency test, which I I, you know, to me, it all looked like math. I couldn't quite figure it out. I'm not sure I understand uh, English grammar that well. <laughs> I mean, well, I mean, it's something that you don't really have to think about. Luckily, that's right, right. But isn't it like breaking down languages and the tenses and everything else? It, it was just overwhelming for me. I, I can barely speak properly uh, as it is. <laughs> so let's talk about Japanese and Chinese for a minute because I've decided these are both. And you listen to the podcast. Yeah. 
And yeah, I, all the time. I, yeah, I've decided these are cultures that I have problems communicating with, but I'm not having any problem with you. We're, we're having a nice conversation. You're laughing. And I, and I don't want to yeah. generalize uh, Asians and, you know, broadly in a racist way, but I have a very difficult time communicating with uh, the Chinese people uh, and the Korean people I've met. Not, not Margaret Cho particularly, but, uh, but say salespeople or people I meet on the street. Is there a difference in how Asian people take in humor or something? I don't know, man. I I don't know how to communicate with them either. I grew up in I grew up in Oregon, and I was surrounded with like you know Americans, like white people, <laughs> you know, a bunch of like Mormons and Christians. You don't you don't know how to communicate with Chinese people either. Not really. <laughs> I mean, it's, uh, yeah, I think I think it's like language. It's like I should have taken a test to say that I didn't know how to communicate with them other than language, you know. But like your parents, like, the culture so what, is weird to me. It, well, yeah, it, but you come from it, right? Uh, well, my parents do, but, but... But you speak to them in Chinese. What makes them laugh? I mean, you know, are there... Like, I just... It, it seems very... It all seems very abrupt to me. And the emotional uh, language of, of the Asians I've met, it seems very different than, than my needy, neurotic disposition. <laughs> yeah. Um, man, I don't know. I, I I really identify with that part, you know, the... the you do the neurotic part. I don't. I don't know if it's uh, if it's the same kind of neediness, but like that self awareness is what uh, is what I tune into. So you're completely um, self conscious, like me. I think I think you need to tune into that uh, that demographic. You know, I think they're, they're out there. There there are other ones like me, but it's not a uh, not the not the general population. Maybe so I, maybe it is all right to generalize some of them, but you got to find the ones that. Uh, that are as neurotic and so. okay. I, I've met a couple. There was another guy I met in New York too. Maybe I should stop. You know, I I think that really I am suffering from some sort of uh, you know minor uh, uh, racism in that like I've generalized you know Chinese uh, uh, people as <laughs> as people that just are incapable of understanding me, forgetting that you know <laughs> come, come you know one generation past. You know, I mean, like you sound uh, completely different. You you have no accent, you, and you grew up with Chinese speaking parents. That's amazing. Yeah, and you yeah, have, and my parents have a crazy accent. You know, they're 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 like. Um, I mean, the, the the way that the Chinese works is that there's a lot of tones, right? So the the intonation and like the uh, pitch and stuff changes all over the place, and so it sounds like we're really, uh, um, or when speaking Chinese, it sounds like you're kind of angry and yelling all the time. <laughs> it's <laughs> Which is what all my friends thought. Oh, really? It's also qu quite hilarious, but we're not allowed to make fun of it. I uh, go for it, man. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, all my friends did. They, they told me that they thought my parents were yelling at like everyone all the time whenever they were uh, hearing my parents speak Chinese. They thought that you were getting in trouble. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. They, they, they thought that like my parents were angry at them when they were talking. To them. That's hilarious. Can you tell a joke in Chinese? There's, oh god, I mean, I can't because I, I, my Chinese isn't good enough. I mean, I can communicate, but uh, I can't really like. I, I can't make jokes, but um, there there are a lot of language jokes actually. I mean, that that's what gets me laughing a lot. Really? I'm listening. Yeah, yeah. Just like a lot of puns and stuff. I guess maybe it's a maybe it's a sim uh, simpler. <laughs> um, it's almost like, yeah, 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 yeah. It's almost like it's it's ancient. See, there's something in my brain that keeps yeah. wanting to make Chinese like this, you know, this ancient thing. Like they're like, <laughs> like they, they laugh at you know shadow puppets and you know and and funny faces. I don't. It's it's it's. I I think I'm a lot more racist than I thought. So. So tell me about this feeling, uh, you know, in your email you said I, I make you feel good and bad about myself at the same time. What does that mean? Yeah. Well, I don't know. I mean, like, it's, um, 
it's it's that you make me recognize a lot of things like inside myself that I um you know that I've thought about. It makes me feel like I'm identifying with you. Yeah. Um, that I that like you know there's someone out there that's like me. And also at the same time, those aren't great things. You know, like like how like I think about how I'm an asshole all the time and I'm doing everything wrong and uh, and and you know those issues and it's like it's it's, identi- it's I, I get to identify with you and then. It forces me to recognize it all in myself. So it's good to have the the feeling of identification, and it's bad to realize what you're identifying with. Yeah, except it's. I guess it's good to recognize it. It just feels like shit. Yeah, you and I are like exactly the same. It's just like this ridiculous, <laughs> vicious circle of thought that you know somebody needs you know to get. I think the thing that we have to do, uh, Albert, is is get the fuck out of our heads. Yeah. There's got to be a few things that make you feel good, right? Yeah, yeah. I, um, I, I do a lot of. I, I try to uh, surprise myself a lot. I try to do as many weird things possible because I can't be unoriginal. Right. <laughs> I have some. I, I guess I have anxiety issues about about being similar to other people because that means I have no identity somehow. Oh God! Yeah, I know that one. Yeah, you're uh, term- <laughs> yeah. the uh, you're terminally unique. There's nobody like you. Yeah. Which which it's a double-edged sword because that means like well you really can't hang around people who uh, you know who uh, who seem uh, you know uh, the same because that would yeah. that would mean that you're doing something wrong and you can't yeah. ha- and you can't hang around people that you think are are mediocre because you know then uh, you're giving They're in wrong. yeah. Yeah. yeah, then you're giving in. Yeah, yeah, I don't want to give in. You know, I'm not going to give up. Hell no, Can't man. You me. know, you should be completely different and remain forever alone. You know, fight the fight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I say it's worth it. <laughs> no, I don't think I'm not sure if it's worth it. I'll just play it out. Yeah. Well, uh, well, I mean, it was it was good talking to you. I mean, I, I, I we could hang out. You know, if I come up to Berkeley. All right. Yeah, I'd love to see you. I mean, I haven't had a chance to see you live yet because I just started listening to you um, like a couple months ago, and I've been around. I'm going to be but, at the uh, Punchline in November. Oh, awesome! In San Francisco. All right, all right, Albert. Okay. You, you changed Great. my thoughts on uh, on Asian people. I'm I'm gonna I'm not gonna lump you all into one category. All right, look for the uh, look for that that one demographic that or that one uh, section of Asian people who know uh, know what you're talking about. They're out there. Okay, thanks, buddy. Thanks a lot. Bye. Bye. How do you like that? An Asian guy, like me, exactly like me. It's a human thing. It's not a cultural thing. It's not a, a race specific thing. He was set free. From his ancient past and language, and he's just like me. That is inspiring. Albert, my buddy. My Asian buddy, Albert. I have one now. Hi, Mark. I've been listening to your podcast for a few months and truly love it. I listen while driving home from work, and it helps me make a terrible commute tolerable. I have to mention the Andy Richter episode. The yoga instructor complaining about his wife during the poses made me laugh so hard I had to pull over. I want to have my yoga instructor listen to it. She seems like a happy person, but who knows? I like the interview you had with Andy. I didn't know much about him. Listening about his career path was really interesting. The only WTF moment I can mention here was I was in New York City a year or so ago with my family in the American Girl store. Uh, This is a store that sells specific dolls and their merchandise. My husband was sitting on the bench where the other husbands sat waiting for their wives and daughters uh, to finish their shopping. When I approached my husband, he was staring with great intent, listening to a little girl rationalizing with her father why she needed a certain item. The father was being pretty firm on why the child didn't need another doll, which seemed very normal, but the guy was Andy. You couldn't mistake his voice. It was strange seeing someone somewhat famous acting like a real dad. What the fuck? My husband 
would have caved within the first two minutes of whining from either of my kids. That's from Laura. A WTF moment. I had a dream last night where you were standing at the end of a cul-de-sac and we were going to Dane Cook's wedding. I wasn't wearing any pants. I walked up to you and said, quote, I'm starting this new thing where I'm not wearing pants. It's all about integrity. You looked at me and said, are you going to the wedding like that? I said, yeah, I'm not going to sell out. Then the vintage Bentleys that were going to be everyone's transport to the wedding arrived and I became self-conscious, went inside and put some pants on. What the fuck? Yeah, I don't know, buddy. I, I, I think that, uh, I guess maybe when in the presence of Bentleys and the possibility of really being exposed, you kind of second guess yourself. I don't know if that's more about you or Dane Cook. That's from Grant. Hi, Mark. I'm a new listener, and I'm loving the show. I started listening on Monday of the, this week. It is now Thursday, and I've listened to 38 episodes. Jesus Christ. That's a lot of me. It's a good thing to listen to at work. Anyways, I was listening to an episode while biking over the Manhattan Bridge today in which you and Matt Besser were talking about retards calling each other retards and how you'd love to hear about that happening. So, here's my story. I have a cousin who is mentally handicapped. Uh, I am unable to call her retarded and feel comfortable. Whatever. She was in a vocational special ed class and she and her friend were whispering and talking over the teacher. The teacher eventually got upset and said to them, Be quiet and listen. You need to pay attention. Don't you want to learn? You could get a job like mine someday. To which my cousin's friend responded, Why would I want to teach a bunch of retards? (laughs) My cousin thought this was so funny, she couldn't stop laughing and almost got expelled. Thanks for the podcast. Love it, obviously. Matt. That's a great story. Okay, as many of you know, I uh, I have begun a bromance with Joe Wagner, who basically solicited uh, me to do that. He, he wanted a friend. He wanted an older guy friend. So we're going to try that out. Many of you listen to that episode, and I should have a report from the bromance front next week because um, Joe is going to be uh, on the live WTF that's uh, occurring tomorrow night. That is August... 20th at 8 p.m. at UCB, Upright Citizens Brigade Theater in L.A., uh, having had, Joe and I are going to go to a movie, we're going to hang out, we're going to chat, we'll see how it goes, and you'll find out next week. How's that? But I got another application from somebody for the bromance, and let me read that. Hi, Mark. I feel that I could make a much better friend than Joe Wagner, an even better sidekick than Matthew, as you remember Matthew Weiss, of course, from the uh, first five or six episodes of WTF. I've listened to every episode, so I know who you are as a person more than any of those non-listeners who claim they want friendship. My father died when I was 12, so I would also be looking for a father figure. Even though I'm 36, I believe your influence could rub off on me. I'm an open micer, so you would fit into the whole role as mentor perfectly. Maybe I could be like your son who goes on to do what you never quite could under your direction. I'm married with two young boys, so if you ever want kids, you could just take mine. I'm also sober for 15 years in recovery, so I think that we have a foundation there. Plus, I don't like sports. I spent my adolescence partying as a guitarist in a rock band. At 21, our classic rock band broke up when someone gave the lead singer Speed and an Iron Maiden album. 
The lead guitarist went on a Mormon mission after his parents threatened to disown him, and the drummer swept with the bass player's girlfriend and tried to have him killed by two thugs and a cattle prod. That sounds like a good story. After I got sober, I spent 13 years watching TV on the couch with my sober wife. Then I heard someone needed to replace Conan O'Brien, so I decided to start a talk show from my bedroom. My wife suggested we go to couples therapy, but she couldn't make it, so I went alone. The therapist said the words jumping out at him were, quote, cornered by life, unquote, and, quote, dead on the inside, unquote. Here I am, 114 episodes and two and a half years later, looking to you, Mark, for friendship. What the fuck? He attached a uh, short demo reel. And then he said, I think I could be the guy that you could call and I think I would make for a good sidekick. I know how to shut up and let you do the talking and then put my two cents in when needed. Let me know what you think. I love the show. Duke. Okay. Let's, uh, let's call Duke. Hello? Duke. Yes. Mark Marin. Hey, Mark. How's it going, man? Good. How you doing, buddy? I'm I'm doing excellent. I'm doing excellent. It's it's great to hear from you. Thanks, man. It's good to talk to you too. I was going over cool. your uh, I was going over your application for my uh, bromance application. Yeah, yeah. I got your bromance application, and uh, I thought maybe we should talk about it. Oh, great. Yeah. Great. So uh, uh, now, so you're pretty sober, huh? Yes, fifteen years. And has that been a rewarding experience for you? Uh, yeah, I think it's been rewarding. It, uh, I mean, I have a, I have a, a wife and, and two kids as a result of it. Now, I was in my understanding of your application. Now, I uh, that means I, I can spend time at your home, right? Sure. Yeah. Of course. And uh, your kids become my surrogate kids if 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 I need to have that in my life. Yeah, yeah, you know, I figure if you want to like go fishing or sure. or go to Disneyland or something like that, just have the fun experiences. I'll take care of the the hard stuff. Well, that I mean, that sounds that sounds like a pretty good offer there, and then I don't have to deal with any of the the bit of even having a, a wife or a mother to worry. Yeah, that sounds that sounds good. Uh, let's see what else have we got. Okay, now I tend to have crises occasionally. Like, let's say. Let's say I call you up like three in the morning because I'm having a panic attack. Like, you know, like nothing's worth living for. I, I'm in trouble. Uh, what's the fucking point? Uh, what do you say? What, do, what would you say to that? Sure, sure. I've, I've had panic attacks my whole life since I was 15. Really? Heart palpitations, sweaty palms. Oh, yeah. Out of this world feeling. Right. Weird, weird thoughts. Okay, so you would I'm tell. right there. Okay, so you would, how would you handle me if I was having a panic attack? What would you say? Well, I would say, uh, for one thing, this isn't going to last forever. That's pretty good. Let's breathe. Yeah. Let's breathe. Yeah. Maybe, uh, you know, the paper bag thing never really worked for me. No. Does the paper bag thing ever work for you? No, I only had one uh, one panic attack that required a, a paper bag. Usually my panic attacks are not really panic. They're more of like, I feel like shit, I'm going to call somebody and they're going to try to talk me out of feeling like shit, and then I'll try to talk them into feeling like shit. That's how I roll. Right. Yeah. Right, right. I would say the panic attack, it's usually the first thought that's the worst thing. Yeah. Like, oh, my God, I'm having a panic attack. And right. then you start thinking, how long is this panic attack going to last? What if I'm driving when I have a panic attack? Right. What if this happens tomorrow? You could have a, this... a panic attack just thinking about having a panic attack. 
Yeah, that's exactly how I have them. That's pretty interesting. So tell me about this uh, this show that you do. Uh, the, so two and a half years ago, I, I, I heard that uh, Conan O'Brien needed a replacement, so I figured I'll just start a talk show. And I started out of my bedroom, and I made my wife my sidekick, and I had two friends in the audience, and then the next week I had four friends in the audience, and then after 24 episodes, I had like 30 people in my bedroom. Yeah. And then uh, the, the neighbors complained. And so I, I went to the American Legion Hall, the Veterans Hall, and I started doing it there. And it started off good and then kind of went to mediocre. Yeah. And, and it's a, kind of a, a subpar talk show. You're really selling this thing. <laughs> yes. It's, well, I put all of my passion into it, my whole heart, everything. And the, the result is, is, unfortunately, kind of a subpar show. But... Well, yeah. There's moments of magic. Sure. So what's the status of your talk show now, uh, uh, Duke? Well, I, I, so I, I, I got kicked out of the Veterans Hall because I couldn't pay rent. And then I moved to a nightclub, and then I got kicked out of there because they weren't making any money. And then I moved to a recording studio, and I quit because they were kind of jerks. So now I'm without a studio. So I'm... I'm uh, I, my, my last venture was I, I did an opening monologue at an open mic, and I kind of put it together like a reality show with, with a voiceover and uh, did like a little eight-minute show. So that's where I am right now. I'm, I'm without a studio. Without a studio, without guests, without an audience. You have, just, you have recorded an opening monologue at an open mic. Where are you located, man? I'm in I'm in Dana Point, California, about an hour south of you. Uh huh. So you're an hour south of show business. Um, and what do you do for work? I well, you know, I was actually dedicating myself to this talk show for two years, and I drove my family into bankruptcy, foreclosure, repossession, all that stuff. And mm. then recently, I just got a part-time job where uh, this company flies me around to take pictures of people while they're working to make sure that they're really working. Really? And so, uh, yeah, yeah. So I, I, spent a week in, I spent a week in Oklahoma, and then I just was in El Paso, Texas, and I got to do, uh, got to do comedy two nights in El Paso, and I, I, I won an open mic contest there. Well, that's so, awesome. But let's get back to this taking pictures of people working to show they're working. Who hires you, and what do you take pictures of? It's an it's an advertising company that hangs those these door hangers on your front door, little advertisements. Yeah. So so there's there's a guy with a truck with like six walkers and he's driving these people around to walk door to door. So they send me to make sure that they're not like just throwing the stuff out. They're actually hanging it on people's doors. So you're actually like working for the company in a position just one tier above the fl the flyer hangers. Exactly. I'm watching the flyer hangers and then the, they're watching me. I have a GPS phone, so they know exactly where I am. Man, this is like, this got Big Brother all over it. Yes. <laughs> well, all right, buddy. Well, look, uh, I will consider the bromance application. A couple of things are attractive. I like the idea of having children that I don't have to be that responsible for. I like the idea of having someone to call in a pinch. Uh, the recovery thing, that's good. Uh, you don't play guitar anymore, or... I well, I I I can I do I I, I I um write songs. I've written a bunch of songs. Yeah. 
So I, I yeah, I still I still play guitar. So it could you know could be a jam partner. Okay, jam partner. That's that's uh, that's that's appealing. And the wife, how is she uh, holding up? The wife, she's doing. She's a, she's a yoga teacher, so um, she needs a lot of yoga to deal with the stress that I bring to the family. Yeah, so, I, but you guys are okay. She still likes you. Yeah, she still she still likes me. So that's good. Oh, good, good man. So you haven't destroyed everything. Well, look, let me think about it, Duke. And is there some place that people can go to look at your stuff? Uh, DukeFightMaster.com. DukeFightMaster.com. Well, I appreciate your application. I'm glad we had this conversation, and I'll, uh, you know, I'll have, uh, I'll have someone get in touch. All right, Mark. I appreciate it, man. I'm a big fan. I love the show, and Mondays and Thursdays are my favorite day. And your show is by far the first one I listen to whenever I get the chance. Oh, you're the Never best. have a choice. You're the best, buddy. Thanks, Duke. All right. Talk Take to you care, later. Man. Bye. Bye. Okay, I got another email here from a guy who had a uh, a problem. Now. You know, I'm not really a scatological dude. I don't uh, do the shit humor. It's not my thing. I uh, don't really like listening to it. But we did do an email a couple weeks ago about a guy who took did some JustCoffee.coop and actually shit his pants. And I thought that was appropriate. And apparently it resonated with another listener because I got another email that sort of compounds off of that one. Is that possible? Is that a word that there there's a tie-in? So, if you don't mind, I'd like to do some follow-up on this uh, on this email. So I'm going to call this fella Anton and see what that's about. Right. It's Mark Marin, buddy. Yeah, it was pretty cool. I didn't expect like to even get a response. Yeah, this is uh, um, so this is Anton, and I, you know. I got your email, and yeah. uh, it's a pretty interesting story. Yeah. So you want to tell me what happened exactly? Yeah. Uh, I usually listen to you, like, uh, you know, every morning that it comes out. Yeah. But uh, that morning I had to uh, take a walk, and uh, I paused the podcast. And when I came back and started it up, I was listening to the story uh, that you were reading from an email and uh, I went to break wind on my balcony. I was smoking a cigarette. And uh, as often happens with me, uh, I mess my pants. Uh-huh. So I get up, and I'm walking to the bathroom as I'm listening to the story. And the story turns out to be about a guy messing his pants. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> I, I paused the podcast while I sit on the toilet, and it was just it was too much. I, had, I emailed you. It was a little embarrassing. From the toilet on my iPhone. Man, I, I appreciate that. And, you know, I think that, if anything, my podcast uh, encourages that type of intimacy between people. <laughs> to where you're, you're texting me from your toilet that you had a, ser- a synchronistic experience uh, yeah. sh- you know, messing your pants along while listening to a story about a guy who did the same thing. Yeah. Now, what is it? Why do you say that you mess your pants frequently? Is that just a hobby of yours or... No, I got like a I got a sensitive digestive system, oh. and uh, I'm lactose intolerant. Wow! And uh, it's it's actually kind of I don't do well with processed foods either. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've had some shrimp fried rice the night before. Awesome. That doesn't usually bother me. I yeah. can't do chow mein, but sure. shrimp fried rice I can handle. Yeah, usually. Yeah. Uh, 
but this happens to be like uh, a little more than twice a year. Oh, all right. So, so it's kind of a biannual thing. Yeah, mm, mm, I think biannual means every two, doesn't it? Okay, so semi-annual. Is that, that it? Was that right? I don't. I don't know. Oh man, we're dumb. Yeah. But okay, so it was the shrimp fried rice. So I'm glad that helped that detail. It's good to know it wasn't chow mein; it was shrimp fried rice. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. those details work pretty well. Well, uh, so uh, I wish I could say you won a prize, you know, for uh, for sharing. Uh, that's all stuff. right. <laughs> where are you? Where this am I? Pretty cool itself. Oh, cool. Okay. Where Where am I calling you? Where you live? I live, I live in Anaheim, California. Oh, you're not too far. Yeah. Right by uh, over by Disneyland. Exactly. I'm ever... like one freeway exit away from there. Do you go to Disneyland? I haven't been a. I've been at Disneyland four times in my life, and I've lived here for 23 years. Oh my god! Uh, so you shit your pants. You shit your pants more than you go to Disneyland. I guess we can say. I shit my pants more than I eat birthday cake. <laughs> All right, Anton. Hey, my uh, my my producer said I I should ask you to say pow. Pow? Oh, pow! Oh, yeah! Wow! Yeah, pow! Because I just shit my pants. Yeah. Good you times. Wanna, you want to get? You want to put a little? You want to put a little something into it? <laughs> pow! I just shit my pants. Yeah, Anton. Man, I appreciate you listening, and thanks for uh, for being on the show. We're gonna use this in the hundredth uh, anniversary show. All right, appreciate you having me on. Yeah, it was great talking to you, buddy. Take care. So I did the first podcast, this guy Linus' first podcast, I think it's called the Stand Up Underground Podcast, and the board op who was there, who was a Polish immigrant to England, uh, he was just basically on the board recording this stuff, and I get an email from him, this is this guy, Marcin, he says, hi Mark, I met you a few days ago in the studio in London when I was recording your interview with Linus, I found it very interesting and also refreshing Some of your ideas were really appealing to me, and on a number of occasions, I felt like I heard my own thoughts put on a piece of paper by means of your articulatory system. Anyway, I came up with this tune, just for the sake of it or anything else, a quick mishmash of a few fragments taken from the interview embedded in some random harmonies. I'm not tooting my own horn here, but it was sort of interesting. I don't know where a song like this is played or where this is used, but perhaps the... uh, the, the most existentially challenging dance club. Maybe, the, uh, let's just call it the, the sad dance. That's what I'll call it. But he called it, uh, I just want to feel better. I think our brains do a certain thing, and then either you choose to express that, you know, what's going on in your brain, or you choose to say, I'm not going to let that bother me, despite the fact that it's bothering you. And that struggle seems a little boring. Boring. Side of us all is, is just based on you know on fear and the fears are all the same you know am i going to be okay you know how long am i going to have this job what happens after i die do i like my wife it's all the same shit you know how anyone deals with it or stuffs it or, or processes it you know once you get past people's resistance i mean it's sort of a relief everybody wants to cry you just rather they laugh in trying to get by, in trying to, you know, act as if they have their shit together, in trying to keep a job they don't like, in trying to behave 
properly with their partners, with their family, with their employees. So that means that most human energy goes into pretending to be something you're not and to fight the dialogue that's going on in your head. I need some growth to happen. Yeah, I need that dark thing to be over. What's usually inside of most people is like, I, I want to get the fuck out of here. I can't do this. I'm scared. Who the fuck is this guy? But instead you're like, hi, how's it going? I don't have anything specific. Let's just all hope everything goes well. I just want to feel better. If I could get to the point where I'm actually pursuing happiness as opposed to relief, that will be the next phase. I've been going through my emails, and I got to tell you, there is one fan that emails a lot, uh, and they're always nice. They're not weird. They're uh, they're either sort of uh, complimentary, or uh, you know, I didn't like this. Maybe you should do this next time. Which I mean, could be seen as irritating, but it's not. Uh, and she emailed a lot, and she donates to the show. Her name is Amy. She's always been very supportive. And I met her at Max FunCon, and I believe she went there to meet me. But then I found out, you know, that's what I thought. But then I found out she really likes the Radio Lab guy. So whatever. I'm trying not to be jealous. So I'm gonna let's call Amy. She'll have something to say. She'll have some some input. Hi. How, how are you, Amy? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Are you talking to all your fans? Well, I've only talked to a few fans, and I, you know, I, you know, we were having a hard time finding a girl fan, and you fell into that oh, category. I'm a girl fan. Okay, good. Because no be a girl fan. Nobody emails as as much as you, Amy. Nobody. No, I get very consistent uh, email con uh, correspondence and uh, uh, critical um, notes about the show and some positive uh, uh, notes about the show. You're a podcast fan. I am a podcast fan. You did bring the blueberries to the last uh, WTF comics table. And I, I sent you something. Did you get the package I sent you today? You sent me a package today. I don't think I would have gotten it. Oh. Why? So, I mean, I sent it Monday. You were supposed to get it today. Where'd you send it? To the P.O. box? Yeah. I'll go down and check. You'll get it. So, okay. So, as a, now, given that this is our 100th episode and we're talking to a, a diehard WTF fan, uh, Amy, so how about some notes, some fam your favorite episodes, perhaps some things that you'd like to see? Okay, my, here's my take. This is what I think. I think what's so interesting about your show is that it kind of, this you think you don't have any friends yeah but people seem to like you more than you believe they do mm -hmm. then you have this whole shtick that um what would you say that that like even the people who like you your whole thing is you're going to push them away mm. and and be as horrible to them as you can possibly be and then say do you like me now do you like me now but like underneath that is a really kind person mm. and i would and then you constantly want to shit on your listeners and say yeah, if I got too famous, they wouldn't like me. Or if I were really doing well, my fans would get upset. Mm. As if we're like all like, I, 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 I that always go, gets me because I feel like, why? Why do you think we would want anything but but success for you? And I think you're starting to kind of come around. 
but you know, you could be successful. You'll find this market. You've got this whole freemium thing going, and yeah. you'll figure it out. But it's funny just because you don't want to like let it in, you know? Yeah. But so I think that, you can't help it anyway because people are probably bombarding you. Yeah. So you're saying that you, as an evolution of the podcast, I should let the love in. Well, I don't think that you'll have a choice. I think it's there. Okay. And then, and I kind of think like, you know, I met you right after you had done the Carlos Mencia first episode and you were sitting there brooding about, you were really ruminating about doing the follow-up, you know, right. and then you did that and that kind of, like, if you look at the evolution of the hundred episodes, you know, there's been these like pivotal moments. Yeah. Where they're bigger and bigger, where you've got like a new drawing, whoever your artist is, says the Robin Williams or the Ben Stiller, mm -hmm. you know, you've got your superstar people. But, you know, people just like your story, too. And then you sang. That was so sweet. <laughs> well, well, that was. You. I mean, that was so nice. Thank Don't you. you think, I mean, I'm sure people loved that. No, they did. Everything, everything, I think everything's going okay, and it's, it's nice that you're uh, so excited about it. Now, where'd you get those blueberries? I picked them. I picked them at a local farm stand called Terhune. Okay, well, I'm, I'm coming back on the 15th. I know, but it's not blueberry season. So what is it? I mean, I, I can't help you there. What about I mean, melons? Maybe I'll bring you a pie. A pie, okay. No, I could do a pie, but you complain about baked goods. Now, but I'm, I'm watching my weight, and I just started today, so by then I should be on a slippery that's slope. Your, that's another one of your messed up things. <laughs> Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, it's funny. Okay. It's funny. I mean, it's funny that I'm messed up. No, I don't mean that it's, that you're messed up. It's just that you think you're fat. I know. It's crazy. I have an obese man well, on the inside of me. I know. Thank you. That's all That's all I wanted to hear. That's the only reason I called, Amy. That's okay. For... Well, you look thin, and it looks like you put up um, some new pictures somewhere. No, you did. You, you got a haircut, and uh -huh. you put up some new pictures, uh -huh. and you look uh, even thinner than before. Oh, this has been the best. Which is so you, sad. You're the that's best so fan. so sad that that makes you happy. I oh, know. That's so pathetic. Okay, I think we can end there. That's okay, great. we can end on that. That's yeah. pathetic, Mark, but Thanks. you're still great. How's that? Great. Thank you, Amy. All right. I'll you're talk welcome. To you. I'll talk to you in New York. Okay. Bye. Okay, bye. That was Amy, super fan, but, but but not in a creepy way. And and she brought blueberries, as we talked about, to the comic show uh, of WTF, which will be up, I believe, next week, in the next week or so, the live show with um, Susie Essman and Jeff Garland and Joe Mandy and Gary Goleman. We all enjoyed Amy's blueberries that she so, was so thoughtful to bring. That show, of course, will be available at WTF Pod Shop. There's a couple up there. If you haven't uh, gone and downloaded the uh, the second live uh, premium show with uh, Michael Ian Black and myself, getting into it, getting intense, getting awkward, remaining awkward. Okay, here's another uh, piece of music. A piece of music out of concern. A piece of music from a couple of fans that wanted to make my life easier. Dear Mark, my wife and I are big fans of WTF. During a recent long drive, we listened to several episodes in a row and were struck by a pattern. Often, when a guest comes on, you'd start the interview by apologizing for how you'd spoken to them in the past and explain how you weren't that guy anymore. After hearing similar exchanges in a bunch of shows, she and I got to talking about how it would be simpler and funny if you had a song you could play instead of having to run through the whole apology slash explanation thing each time. So we made one. It's a little barbershop quartet number, about 40 seconds long. It doesn't mention you by name, but was inspired by WTF. All the best, Lucas and Jody. 
Well, let's give that a listen. I mean, I, if it's going to make my life easier and we can use it, let's let's use it. Sorry, 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 sorry. I'm sorry bum, bum, I was bum, a douchebag the first time you met me. I'm so sorry I was a big fat jerk the time will you know when. And I hope you know I'm not the guy anymore. And if we were to meet today, he's so nice, he's so sweet, he's so not a douchebag. Is exactly what you'd say. As much as I like that piece of music, I think I'm going to have to also you know, go ahead and apologize for real as well. But thank you. Thank you, Lucas and Jody. You know, as I do these shows, being that this is the 100th episode, the one thing that I didn't really realize would happen was that I would be getting a response that I really didn't anticipate. I really had no expectations out of this show. I think Brendan and I got into doing it thinking we might get, you know, maybe a few hundred people, 1,500 people, a few old fans from, from my radio times, but I had no idea that it would take off the way it did. And deeper than that, I had no idea that it would connect to people in the way that it does. I know that we started off with a lot of what the fuck moments, but I still get a lot of emails from you guys and I still read a lot of emails from you guys. And the one thing that I, and gals, sorry, the one thing that I do notice is that you're connecting with me on some other level than I'm than I ever imagined possible. It's not really about comedy. It seems to be about sharing what is inside of my head or having the freedom to do that. What I've grown to realize as I do this show is that many of us spend our lives just trying to get by, just trying to, you know, get through life, just trying to act properly, just trying to hold on to a job, a woman, uh, a situation, to try to behave in front of your children or your friends. I mean, that is a lot of work pretending to be something we're not. But I'm not saying that, that that's a bad thing. I think that's just about being civilized and trying to behave yourself. We can't walk around crying or screaming or, or yelling at everybody all the time. You got to save that for special moments. But I think that's one of the reasons why people are connecting with this. And I certainly appreciate it. And it's more rewarding than anything I've ever done comedically. And I certainly want to thank you know, all of you for, for listening you know, and I'm sorry I'm so crazy sometimes, but I am. And I feel a little less crazy, and I don't want that to worry you. We've got a lot of good episodes coming up. I've got a lot of big plans for the show. I don't seem to be getting that better that quickly. See, like right now, I'm second-guessing what I just said. And I'm going back over it in my head, and I'm wondering if it's stupid. You know, is it necessary? Is it funny? You know, what should I do? Maybe I should go to the gym. Maybe I'm not going to go to the gym. I've got to eat better. How come my tooth still hurts? Why is it so hot in my garage? How come I bought another air conditioner that's really shitty? Why do I keep yelling at my girlfriend for no reason? What is it that's going to... How is anything going to change? Is it worth changing? I'm almost dead. Does anybody really change? I mean, how about changing... How, how is it good to change? Doesn't it feel bad when you can't honor your impulses and feelings? Yes. Is it appropriate sometimes? Yes. All these things... All these thoughts just happened just then. They really just happen. Right now I'm thinking... God damn it, why didn't I get central air? Right now I'm thinking, this is fucking stupid. Who really wants to know what I'm thinking? Right now I'm thinking, there are some people that still didn't get their t-shirts yet. Fuck. Well, I guess that's it. Thank you so much. A hundred episodes, I can't fucking believe it. I can't even say to myself, wow, what have I done lately? 
or I don't do anything, or I don't try hard enough, or I'm not really fucking working to my full potential. I can't believe we've got this many episodes, and I can't really believe that there's that many people that wanted to talk to me. Oh, isn't that sad? No, they're my friends. You're my friends. I really appreciate you hanging in. And I guess we're going to keep going. That seems to be the plan. You can go to WTFPod.com and uh, get up to speed with everything there. Kick in a few shekels into the hat. Who says that? Am I 50, 60, 70, 90? Am Am I an old Jew? How about a few shekels for the old man? No, you know, you can donate. You can get on the mailing list. I'm doing that. You can go to JustCoffee.coop and get some of that. You can go to PunchWineMagazine.com and do his thing since he helps us out. StandUpRecords.com also. He put out my first three CDs. What else? I don't know if I've ever done a hundred of anything. Like consecutively. I think I've masturbated thousands of times in my life. Do you ever think about that? What a waste. But fun. Hmm. Again, I'd like to thank Brendan McDonald for being my partner and uh, bringing his genius to this show. Brian Fernandez for helping us out uh, with the interning stuff. Adam Lamas, my uh, site designer. And Angry Girl. Michelle at Angry Girl for making our t-shirts. Who else? iTunes. You. This is getting ridiculous. This isn't an award. I'm not accepting an award. We've just finished uh, our 100th episode. Back to things as normal. Next week. Thanks, you guys. Love yous. Love yous. Love you alls. Pick one of those. Or put it all in there. Brendan, it's up to you. How are you going to make me look? Mm-hmm.